This episode of the podcast is my interview with Tim Haverluck of The Tims. Tim has been on the show a lot over the years, whether it's appearing as himself, appearing as a member of The Tims, performing at some of our live events. He's been really involved, and I've known him since junior high. And uh, it's always very cool to see people I've known for a long time performing music still to this day and, and doing well with it. The Tims recently came off a tour. They released their debut full-length Rough Custy, which we talk about quite a bit. And uh, they're just generally pretty busy. Tim plays a lot of shows solo. He plays shows with the group. And uh, overall, it's, it's very cool to see him succeeding as a musician. If you want to see Tim live, and you're listening on the day this comes out, he's actually performing tonight up in Gunton, Manitoba at 7 o'clock with Richard Inman. I, I was originally supposed to interview the Tims as a group uh, a few weeks back, but for various reasons, it, it didn't work out. And I'm glad we got to do this uh, makeup interview uh, with Tim. Because I've been wanting to try to do interviews via Skype or via phone or online or that kind of thing, just uh, in the interest of, of getting more content done. Uh, if I'm able to talk to people on the phone as well as meeting people in person, it just means I can record more interviews, get more content, and do more episodes of the podcast. So this was the first attempt in a really long time trying to do an interview via Skype, and I think it worked quite well. If you're a long, long time listener to the show, you will have heard some of the Skype interviews we did you know, five or six years ago. And that was back when John was co-hosting and when we recorded the podcast regularly at his house. And he had a bit of a different setup uh, that made those calls easier. But over the past few years, I've been recording the show myself with a portable recorder going to the guests each week. And uh, so it's been a little bit more difficult, but I think I've got it down. Uh, I think the audio on this one sounds pretty good for a phone call. And I think you'll enjoy the interview. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Park Theatre. Winnipeg's premier concert and event venue. If you want to find out all the great shows they have coming up, go to myparktheater.com. You're listening to Garbage Show, Winnipeg's first podcast network. So I'm here with Tim, who has been on the show a lot of times, and I guess you've really been involved in a lot of Witch Police stuff over the years, some of the live shows, and uh, you've had your old albums on the website for years and stuff, and I guess, yeah, we're here to talk about the Tims again. It's been a while since we actually had an interview about the Tims. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of course. No problem. Uh, yeah. This is, uh, I guess we were going to have our uh, interview before the tour in January. Yeah. But it's always nice to still catch up uh, now. Yeah, absolutely. We had our album release, of course, in August. Uh, and we've been kind of riding a little wave of shows since then. Uh, the album, of course, Rough Custy. And um, just been playing lots of shows ever since, really, uh, locally and out west. That's awesome. And was that, that, was, that was the first tour with the band, right? Yeah, that was our first tour. Yeah, we're looking on going east in August, uh, September. Okay. Uh, haven't decided whether uh, how deep uh, to dive back into the booking and everything just yet, because it was uh, a little bit more involved than I thought it was going to be when I got involved in it. Sure. Um, 
yeah, lots of work, really discouraging. Lots of people <laughs> saying no to you. Um, you know, often you're corresponding with 10 different venues from in one town in yeah. an attempt to secure something, uh, especially like on a lesser known day or sorry, lesser booked day, like, uh, you know, Monday or Tuesday night. Um, but you got to love the hustle. Like my, my sure. good buddy once told me. <laughs> well, I guess maybe just to like to rewind a bit on that. I mean, I think last time we had you on the show formally, like for an interview, I think it was probably three or four years ago at this point. And I think then you were talking about rough cut or the album that became rough custody as if it was about to come out soon. And then it took like a while to get made, but now it's here. So what, I guess kind of what happened between then and now, because it seemed like it was ready to go. And, and a lot of the songs on it are songs I've heard you play, you know, for years now. And so like, have you just finally honed them the way you wanted them for the album or what happened? Um, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I guess you could say it was plagued with delays. Um, but, uh, you know, we all worked full-time jobs and I guess uh, wanted to, to do it ourselves and uh, do it right rather than go for like a stripped-down uh, production value. Uh, we decided to uh, put some horns and keys on it yeah. and uh, make it uh, almost almost a double album, too, if you think about it. It's a good, kind of like a double EP. So, yeah, I guess those were definitely contributing factors to uh, the lengthy time it took yeah but uh that being said it was still something that uh needed to come out uh almost uh something that needs to be cleansed from our systems uh now that we're finally got that uh, dreaded first album out of the way we can look uh to the future and writing new stuff so i definitely needed to uh exercise those demons regardless of the time it took to sure. do so sure does this now serve as kind of like a calling card in the sense that when you're trying to book shows or book tours, you have a, a, a solid thing to give people and say, look, this is this is us, this is our sound? Uh, that's for sure was one of my main intentions with the album. Uh, I love playing shows, and we've been doing so for so long uh, with no album. Yeah. And basically, it's, it's impressive that we've been able to, um, you know, make the splash we've made without an album. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely helped. The video, uh, Gigolo, on YouTube, and... Uh, the skateboarding the wrestling mask one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the one, yeah. Uh, and the album has definitely helped uh, for booking. Like, for the January tour, um, you know, I include the link to the online Bandcamp uh, album with every, uh, with every um, request or every correspondence. And the responses are varied, they're yeah. colorful, but <laughs> but it's good. Some people love it. Some people hate it. And uh, I wouldn't have it any other way, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, how, how do you feel about the recorded, the, the, the final version now? Because like I said, a lot of those songs, I think I probably heard, first heard you play five or six years ago. And, and now they're, 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 they've kind of fully realized, sometimes with horns, sometimes with keys, sometimes with a lot of extra stuff going on. Like, do you, are you happy with the, the way they turned out on the record? Um, that's, uh, that's a difficult question. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy, but I think anyone that, uh, has recorded anything, you always have a nagging, uh, you know, notion that, oh, I could have done this better, I could have done this better. Sure. But, uh, overall, yeah, I'm very happy with, with uh, how it turned out. And it's, sometimes it's important to take a step away from the album, especially when it's your album, and come back and listen to it. 
yeah. to, to verify for yourself if in fact it's you know meets your requirements sometimes you, you're listening to it so often during the uh, mixing and mastering and comping uh, stages that it's hard to even tell man and yeah. whether it's good or, it's good or bad it just is <laughs> I, I, I honestly couldn't can't even tell sometimes so you just have to it, regardless it had to be it had to be released and it's there for people to formulate their own opinion about and uh, I encourage everyone to do so what what kind of opinions have you had so far oh um, that's a good question uh, a lot of people love it Um a lot of people that don't like it might not have uh, told me. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but the response has been overwhelmingly positive so cool. far. Um, you know, we have a very um, eclectic musical style, so we can appeal to a lot of different uh, demographics, I feel. Um, and, you know, that obviously allows us to, uh, to broaden our appeal. And... Uh, you know, we can write songs for your grandma and uh, for kids, too. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes uh, that varied um, style can be detrimental when you're booking because it's not a very focused uh, marketing approach. Yeah, you, know? you can't say we're specifically this one thing. And yeah, yeah. So what, yeah. What, how do you describe it then when, when you're trying to you know get yourselves out there? What, what do you call it? Oh, that's a good question. Because, I mean, it's not, you know, uh, well, there's, lots, for, there's lots going on. To be, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I just, uh, I absolutely tailor make every, um, you know, correspondence. Yeah. Like for, for, for instance, like booking a tour, uh, I would sell us as a, on a Monday night at a cafe, I was, I would sell us as a sultry, uh, three piece harmony group, uh, for, <laughs> you know what I mean? That yeah, was yeah. quiet dinner time songs. And then for some venues on a Saturday night, I would try to market us as like a hard rock band to fit in with a you know a current uh, yeah. rock and roll bill that might uh, happen to be uh, going on in that town, etc. But yeah, so I, I I've been trying to play the chameleon aspect to our advantage.
From what I've seen, you know, at shows and photos of shows and videos of shows and stuff, it seems like your lineup shifts a little bit depending show to show. And uh, obviously having the horns and stuff and then being a three-piece, like, are there certain songs that that work better with a larger band or you'd rather do kind of even solo, right? I mean, you play solo shows as well. Yeah, yeah, I got a solo show coming up uh, this Saturday, which would be a really good one uh, with Rich Inman. Cool. Uh, up, in, up in Gunton, Manitoba, which is 45 minutes north. That's uh, Saturday, March 30th. That would be a really good one. But in terms of uh, speaking about our rotating lineup, yeah, that is definitely a thing. Uh, our core group often remains the same with Tim Skierski on the drums and Jay Bachman on the bass, right. uh, who who are incredible mus- and loyal musicians. Uh, Tim also did uh, pretty much all of the recording um mixing and comping for the album cool uh it was it was incredible amount of work to be honest that you don't really realize like for instance i remember comping the horns on um caught up in the heat that was like a 12 hour day oh wow of, of just putting the the trumpets where we wanted like yeah yeah like the, lick, the licks around basically like they were there but they weren't all in the right spots so just copying and pasting those trumpet licks. That was just one 12-hour day just for that one song, for just for the trumpets. Wow. So you can, you know, you took take that kind of scope of a time frame and then apply it to the whole record. It yeah, was, yeah. It uh, was a tedious but rewarding process. Um, but sorry, I, I, I digress here. <laughs> so we're talking about our, uh, our, our rotating lineup. Yeah, um, and then like the, the ease or difficulty, I guess, of playing some of the songs with a stripped-down lineup versus the, you know, the full thing. Well, we were doing, um, we recently have a new, uh, or obtained a new member, Joel Didier, okay. who plays um, who plays percussion and uh, does backup vocals, and he recently has been uh, playing some guitar and singing too in our sets, which is great for me, it gives me a break, and he's just such a great guy, he's been coming to our shows for years and years, so he's just kind of a natural uh, choice cool. and fit. So that adds actually a, a whole new dimension to it, um, and it's a huge help to me. It, it rounds up the sound when he's playing keys now a little bit. Cool. Uh, so he joined us for the tour, and he's become kind of a permanent fixture, which is really nice. But before that, we were doing uh, Double Drummer for a long time yeah, last yeah. year, which was super cool, because uh, everyone seemed to remind me of like a Santana, a Santana vibe. Well, it's like a Motown yeah. thing too, right? Having the two drummers is like very, very Motown kind of vibe, yeah? It, it's really cool. Like it's really uh, better to solo to, better to sing to. Super like uh, you know, almost like a South American Cuban vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was really fun to do. Luckily, we have uh, two backup drummers who are also uh, incredible and loyal, <laughs> Ben Page and uh, yeah. Colin Sykes. So we usually have a rotating uh, door in terms of that. And then again, for the, the lineup, uh, then we had horn players for the album release. Uh, of course, the great uh, Julian Butel, 
uh, and uh, Zach Cates on saxophone and Tim Friesen on keys. Okay. Um, so I uh, hopefully we can play with that um, with that uh, lineup again. I just have to uh, try to tailor make it to the whatever we're trying to gig we're trying to book. I do sure. mention that that in some uh, correspondences that we have a rotating lineup, and you know whatever the, whatever the gig calls for. Yeah, so sure, someone, sure. someone wants a full that full sound, and they're willing to pay for it. Then uh, <laughs> I would love to reunite the band. Yeah, yeah. Cool. But we had it. We had an incredible night, uh, the night of our album release there. That was last August at the Goodwill. And, uh, you know, it's a night I'll remember forever. Awesome. Do you, um, when, when, I mean, when you added the horns and everything and the keys and all that to the, to the, for the album, did you already have those parts sort of figured out in your head while you were playing the stripped down versions or did, did that take a whole extra effort to, to sort that out? That's, that's a great question, actually. Um, we, we started, uh, by recording, it uh as a three-piece live off the floor okay but but to a click track okay so which what that allows uh is you still maintain like that kind of um energy and fervor that you get from a live performance yeah but it's still but being to a click it's still based in a universe that uh you can add stuff to later because it's that that kind of like mapped sure. out sure I don't know what's going on here. Sorry, I'm still okay. still good. I can I can still see you and hear you. So yeah. So yeah, like I said, so it was live off the floor, but to a click, which was I thought was a really unique approach. You can still hear the room. Yeah. Um, but it's still like it doesn't go, go too crazy up and like very too crazy uh, in terms of meter. Okay. So once we had those uh, tracks, again, this is all the work of Tim Iskierski. Um, we. We actually wrote the the parts basically quickly in the studio. Okay. I basically I remember I remember like I just basically hummed uh, that the guys that were playing trumpets were Julian Butel and Matt Walden from the Dirty Catfish Brass Band. Oh, right on. Okay. And they were they were recording uh, the trumpets in tandem uh, at the same time. So I would hum I would hum a line basically, and then they would figure out how to play it in harmony. Oh, cool, cool. So it was that simple. I remember feeling like Dr. Dre, like specifically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was, it was super cool. So they made basically uh, just a quick uh, hummed part uh, really come to life. Yeah. Cool. Um, or sing it, hum or sing. Yeah, like another cool one was Caught Up in the Heat. And then, uh, you know, different, uh, there's different strategies employed. We let them uh, comp and vibe a little bit over the verses and then... Yeah. I would sing them the uh, droning part over the choruses that uh, they put together literally probably in 30 seconds. That's because awesome. They, didn't even, they barely even had to talk to each other. They just kind of looked at each other with sidelong glances and there was perfect uh, harmonious horn parts. That's really cool. Incredible. Yeah. Great. Incredible players too, like professional trumpet players. Like that's their job. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't get to play with them enough. When you play without them, like when you play with the regular three-piece or four-piece or whatever it is, do you feel like that stuff's missing? I mean, when, when you're listening to yourself play, or, or do you are you still quite comfortable with the stripped-down versions? Um, not really. Like the, um, I don't really feel that anything's missing. The uh, horn parts actually are almost extensions of the fingerstyle arrangements. Okay. So, so in a room, or I'm using often using two amps uh, live. I, right now, I'm using like a 50 watt um, PV 
which has six L6 tubes and the 18 watt uh, 1965 silver tone. Oh, cool. Which has six six V6s, which allows like uh, you to achieve this really three dimensional tone okay. because of because of these different power tubes. Um, anyways, the, the reason I mentioned that is because there's these uh, harmonic overtones that occur. Um, and you can almost believe it or not, you can almost hear the trumpets because, but they're not even there. Oh, it's cool. almost like you you can hear the in, when you're singing a song in a major key, you can hear the vocal harmonies that aren't actually there, but they're there because they're resonating these overtones. Okay. So okay. they are they are kind of there. So it's like almost your ears almost play tricks on you. Right. So so no, I don't uh, I don't find like it it to be to be lacking at all. Okay. Um, I think it was Chopin who called the guitar like a miniature uh, orchestra or something and i really tried to uh to bring that yeah to my to my electric playing in the live show if i said i was sorry could you find it in your heart to forgive I never had
love that once was lost now is found dead. And deep down inside, I knew that it wouldn't be long till I stopped to feel so. That's a cool way, to, I guess, to add add depth, I guess, to a three piece in general, right? If you have that that extra resonating stuff going on, you you can it fills up the sound for sure. Yeah, like I don't know if the or you could call them sympathetic strings. Okay, I think that's a terminology used in like uh, we're talking about the sitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, that's what it basically it is. Yeah, I always try to keep those ringing a sympathetic string or two. Cool. To help fill it out. Yeah, definitely. Most of the time. <laughs> does that does having the uh, the extra guitarist like you mentioned earlier? Does that free you up to do a more? I mean, because when you play solo, you do a lot of the finger style stuff, right? And I know you do a lot of it with with the Tims as well. But does that free you up to do more of that instrumental stuff rather than having to focus on on rhythm as a guitarist, or, or are you already doing enough of that uh, kind of lead type stuff anyway? Well, right now Joel is uh, his role is evolving and expanding. That's our fourth, newest fourth member. Yeah. Um. So he's not playing much rhythm guitar. Okay. He's okay. right now he's playing a lot of percussion, uh, lots of tambourine, lots of cowbell, and lots of harmonies. Right. And uh, and then we're introducing like uh, synth into okay. a lot of the songs. So cool, he's cool. learning a lot of that. So that's really nice. Again, you know, having synth that's very uncharacteristic of, of us. Yeah, I yeah, kinda, yeah. I, I kind of resisted it for forever. Uh, but it's very nice to have that extra layer on it. Again, it's easier to sing to, easier to solo to. Yeah. And uh, it fills up, fills in the space a little bit, and I'm not so naked up there on stage. So. Sure. Does it? Fair I enough. mean, when you say synth, is it? Does it sound like what I'm imagining in my head when I hear synth, or are you playing sounds on the synth that are more kind of, I don't want to say appropriate, but more related to the stuff you're doing anyway? Because I mean, a synth is pretty versatile, right? Yeah, I think there's. Well, there was. We got kind of addicted to them uh, on our tour. There's these little, uh, there's like a black one and a gray one and a red one, and they all have different sounds. There's like their little miniature ones. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I remember if they're Yamahas or what they are, but uh, yeah, there's a very, very, varied sound. Each each one of these uh, editions has a different like era sounds from a different era. Oh, cool, cool. So one's like a '60s like a Hammond type thing, and then one's like a new like an '80s thing that's like the sky has all the Scarface sounds. Yeah, on yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And uh, so yeah, 
but again, that's a new introduction, but it's um, it's working, and cool. uh, it's a, it's a slow introduction, but it's it's gaining momentum right now. Where does the uh, the Mexican wrestling stuff come from? Because I mean, you have it in the video. The album cover is really cool, and that it's all good sort question. of theme, right? That's a good question. I guess that was my uh, attempt to somewhat uh, give a direction to our uh, persona. Okay. You know, again, again, us being such a, a slippery uh, marketing uh, tool. Yeah. You know, it's not like a guy like Greg Arcade. Sure, who, where he's blatantly country, right? Hats. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm a cowboy. If you're having like a... You know, a rodeo or anything, any kind of rural festival or a corn apple fest in Manitoba. Yeah, I'm your man. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're a perfect fit. So, uh, like I said, it's a little harder for for us because I I haven't uh, typecast us really. Um, That was not my uh, attempt with the with the maths. I really don't have a don't have a um, answer for where it came from. Uh, I know it's been done before a lot. Yeah, uh, but I hadn't really looked up like i know like these lost straight jackets they wear them constantly yeah yeah but i wasn't exactly paying homage to anybody except for my own love of wrestling of late 80s early 90s wrestling okay Uh, a lot of the masks a lot of the masks that appeared uh in the video were actually lent to me by uh the reverend rambler matt copitz oh cool uh and uh that he acquired on his trips to mexico so they're legit mexican wrestling masks yeah yeah for sure yeah and then, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was just kind of like a fun thing, something engaging, something, something bright, visually uh, appealing. Yeah, you know, especially uh, something exciting, uh, like with the dancing on the roof and the skateboarding. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah, very physical. It was great, tons of fun and dangerous to to, uh, <laughs> to shoot. If you if you really look at the the roof scenes, yeah. yeah. Like the last, there's a, the last second of the video, uh, there's a little, an almost tumble. Oh, nice. I'll have to watch it again. <laughs> and I knew it would, it would make the final cut, he said. Or like <laughs> as soon as it happened, the uh, our filmmaker, Evan Plett, Evan T. Plett, who's actually an amazing guy too, full of great ideas and super easy to work with. Uh, but yeah, he, he knew that that would make the final cut. Cool, cool. <laughs> What's uh, I guess what's next on the agenda now? I mean, now that you finally got this music out and you have you know you have something that you can show people for booking, and you've done a bit of touring and you've kind of made you know made some inroads that way. What's the plan going forward with the Timps? A break. A break. Okay. <laughs> a long break. No get a freeze. Yeah. A complete freeze on booking. Uh, but you're still playing solo shows and stuff, right? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I can't turn down a gig, man. I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. Like I can't do it. Yeah. Even though I'm, I'm so tired and, and uh, it, you know, sometimes it just seems so impossible. And um, but yeah, I was uh, right now. We're trying to decide whether to proceed uh, for late August. I'd like to go east, perhaps in late August, early September, maybe okay. uh, like catch the end of the lake season. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe at Falcon Lake and Lake of the Woods. You know what I mean? And then maybe and then Tim's got uh, some strong contacts in Toronto and uh ontario northern or sorry southern ontario i've got some contacts in northern ontario cool so i'd like to if possible i'd like to split the booking duties uh he's touring a lot with uh other bands like dizzy mystics yeah uh, yeah doing doing sound for them and stuff so so he tours and uh is involved in so many capacities so hopefully he can uh help us on this next uh this next one 
but besides that, we have uh, we're playing April sixth up in uh, the aforementioned North Ontario, Ear Falls, for the mayor. Okay. And we got a show uh, at the new Heart of the Nation Fest in July, at which will be at uh, what's that campground called? It's like it's up uh, fifty nine there. It's the old Summerfest campground. Okay. But yeah. I don't know what it's called, uh, but I know what you mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Anyways, okay. it's gonna be a good, it's gonna be a good time. But the gigs just keep coming; they don't like they don't stop. I, I don't. Uh, it's too. It's like I said, it's, it's overwhelming sometimes. Um, but I definitely find that gigs beget gigs. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, like, yeah. Gigs get gigs. You play a gig, you always get another gig, even if it's just some random patron that comes up to you that that uh, wants to hire you for their private party yeah. or something or, or the, or the venue wants to have you back. But, uh, that's definitely a very common thread for us. We often, often, um, you know, initially people, they really are skeptical or they don't want to have you cause they never heard of you. But then once you play a good show, uh, at their venue, you can usually double your price easily. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's usually what we try to do. <laughs>
with the solo stuff, I mean, uh, obviously the Tims are, are, are going and, and things are sort of moving forward with that, but are you, uh, is that just something you do kind of on the side when you can get a show and the band doesn't necessarily fit the venue or are you working on your own music as well uh, as, as yourself? Um, I have, um, I'm just going to plug in my computer here. Just give me a yeah, second. yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, Scoosh is good. Yep. Um, I've been writing slowly. I've got a few new tunes um, that I've been trying out solo and with the band. Okay. Um, but mostly, mostly the gigs that I get solo, they they require it's a, it's a solo gig, so it's not uh, like the band won't necessarily fit in, or it's just like a, a wallpaper gig at a restaurant or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that which I love playing though, regardless. Um, I've also been playing in a trio with uh, Josh Ayers and uh, Sean Malton, so it's like me a drummer and a harp player. Cool. Which is really cool. Yeah, that's tons of fun. Um, but mostly I just do. Um, you know, like my old Towns Van Zandt songs, some yeah. Leonard Cohen songs, some of my own, some of my own tunes, uh, some Guy Clark songs, yeah. Patrick Patrick Sweeney, you know, some blues, just the stuff I like and the stuff that I think deep down people need to hear in yeah. a way. Yeah. Oh. Speaking of Guy Clark, did you hear that Steve Earle has a Guy Clark Guy Clark tribute album? Out? Uh, I think I heard it. I think I heard it on your site today. Okay, it's, just, it's good. <laughs> yeah, I was, which I, is it, awesome. Yeah, I was really excited about that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, there's, yeah, no, there's no question I, there really. It's just yeah, Guy Clark is awesome. Steve Rolls awesome. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, have you ever heard of the show uh, Mike Judge's Tales from Tour Bus? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, my my good friend Richard there told me about it recently. But you have to watch this this show there's two seasons i know of cool one season is all funk singers and one season oh, right is all on. country country singers cool cool, and cool. it's like the most insane thing you ever it's crazy i man. can imagine like it's ruthless it's yeah ruthless. awesome okay so um because the tims are basically impossible to find on facebook if you search for the tims because everyone's named tim <laughs> like what's if someone wants to hear you or wants to hear the album or or book you for a show or find out where you're playing what's the best option for them to find you online well, unfortunately, I have to say Facebook, but in anything, you know what I mean? I mean, all the social media, Facebook, our name is all in all uppercase. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, it's the Tim's Band. Um, if you want to listen, you can listen on Bandcamp, Spotify, okay. Apple Music. Uh, Apple Music, there's a, li- a little anomaly with the search terms. You have to search the actual album name. That's R-U-F-F-C-U-S-T-Y. Cool. But otherwise, on Spotify and Title and Google Music and all that, it should it should be on there. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, I know you can't tag our, you can't tag us. I try, I try every time, and it just does, it just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, it, it doesn't so like many, it. There's so many shows I see our name is, is are in or, or this or that, but yeah. it's Facebook, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't want money from you or, or us or something. <laughs> as far as the physical album, can you buy that in any stores, or is it just the shows right at this point? That's a good question. Uh, no, it's just just through us. But like I said, if you want to send us a message on Facebook or Instagram, we 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 mail them out. Cool. Yeah. Actually, we're almost uh, finished our first run now. Oh, well, that's awesome. So it's a good problem to have, I guess. Uh, yeah. 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 So we're almost gonna be doing a new printing run in a month or next month or two. Cool. And a new merch run right away. Right yeah. on. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm gonna put this show out. Uh, on the weekend. So what's the upcoming show you have? Do you want to just remind people? Um, on the weekend? Yeah. Uh, well, this weekend, uh, 
it's March 30th with me and Richard Inman, two solo uh, acoustic shows, or yeah. a solo acoustic show with us two. And that's in Gunton, Manitoba. That's 45 minutes north on Highway Number 7. Okay. And then our next Winnipeg show after that would be um, April 25th, I believe, at uh, Bulldog Pizza with Regina touring act Dead Levy. Okay. That would be a fun one. Cool, cool. Yeah. Have you played there before? Yes, I have, yeah. yeah. With uh, the Back Alley Sinners. Oh, yeah, okay, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a good room, actually. Uh, I still haven't been. Yeah, it's got the old PA from the Aussies, I want to say. Oh, really? Okay. So it's, a, it's a serious sound system. It's a cool room. It's, it, it, it strikes me as like a place where punk and hardcore bands can still play. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. In a city where the venues like that are dwindling, right? Totally, yeah. Uh, but no, I like it. I like it there a lot. Cool. Yeah, that's that's. I can't remember the address on Main Street, but I think it's just past Mountain. Yeah. On Main. Yeah, I, I've been past it. I just have never actually been been inside. But I've heard, I've heard good things. Yeah. No, it's a very eclectic uh, booking style, and you know, it's it's. I think it's Greg uh, Dwornick that that runs it there, and yeah. he's uh, his heart's in the right place. So. Okay, awesome. Okay, cool. Well, people should check out your Bandcamp. I mean, if they want to hear it, they should go to check, find it on Facebook somehow. <laughs> and then, you know, get in touch all with you guys. The, it's all the streamers, too. All the streaming yeah, platforms. All those yeah. things, yeah, yeah. I always forget to mention those because I don't use them, so... <laughs> but no, that's cool, yeah. The album's out. It's good. It's really good. I, I love the album. It's, I'm, I, it's really nice to hear some of those songs that I've been hearing in different versions kind of over the years, like fully fleshed out with the horns and the keys and everything. So, uh, yeah, I think, you, I think it was worth the wait for the record to come out. Thank you. Yeah, no, of course, no problem. Um, so yeah, people should check you out, check out your stuff. Uh, if you want to hear more episodes of this show, including the last one you were on, which was it's been a while, a uh, few years at least for sure, and that was the full trio trio Tim's that was on that one. Um, you go to witchpolice.com, all three hundred and sixty whatever episodes are there for free download and streaming, and you can also tune in uh, Sunday nights at midnight on UMFM to hear older episodes that kind of get a second boost a few months after they originally air. And yeah, that's what I got. That's a podcast. Awesome, man. Right thank on. You thanks. So much. Yeah, thank you. Oh,